0: listening to Our Oregon DHS, a podcast for employees from the Director of the Oregon Department of Human Services. Hi, everyone, and thank you for being with us. My name is Fairbairns Paxoresh, Director of Oregon Department of Human Services. And for today's podcast, we have Phil Basso with American Public Human Services Association. And I'll turn it over to Phil to introduce himself and tell us a bit about what American Public Human Services Association, or APHSA, is all about. Welcome, Phil.
1: Hi, Fairbairns. Hi, everybody. Yes, Phil Basso with APHSA is our acronym. I have been with the association since 2003 and I lead our member field consulting team at the association. Before joining APHSA, I was working in the global Fortune 500 world for about 15 years. I'm the lead consultant on the project that we're doing with DHS now. We're a national nonprofit based in the DC area. And we've been around since the mid-1930s, around the times of FDR. And it's really striking how our charter from those days is still relevant these days. We're a member-based association. All of the state public human service agencies are members of APHSA, and many of the local human service agencies. As you probably know, about a dozen of the states are locally administered. And we do three main things for our members, and they've been in our charter for the last 80 years. We influence federal policy regulations and funding streams on your behalf, trying to establish a regulative context that's going to be most effective in serving families and communities. We build working knowledge in the field. We go out into agencies, into our member agencies, and that's what my team does. And we do things like this project and many other similar kinds of projects in order to achieve that objective. And we connect our members to each other and to other interested parties. None of us in our field exists on an island, as Faribor has just alluded to. Many other agencies around the country are working on similar challenges and opportunities. And we do a lot of work in that area as well to help you feel connected to like-minded folks working on similar challenges. Our tagline at APHSA these days is building well-being from the ground up. And I think what's significant about that, having been with the association since 2003, is I've definitely seen a change in our own right from a typical sort of trade association in DC that's, in essence, lobbying on behalf of the members themselves to one that's really focused, like you are, on the communities and the people you serve. None of us needs to exist, arguably, unless we're having that sort of impact on the ground and therefore that's also APHSA's primary focus.
0: Thank you so much, Phil. And for those of you who might be interested in knowing what we're doing with APHSA and why is Phil with us for the next few months, We actually have contracted with APHSA to help us do an assessment of Department of Human Services, and we'll talk about that assessment in a few minutes. But if you actually go and look on the website of American Public Human Services Association, you will realize that one of the concepts that they have been working on for a number of years, and in fact, Phil has been leading that, is the human services value curve. And we've talked about this a bit in the past as well. It is a maturity model for human services organizations. And through this assessment, we want to basically determine where the Department of Human Services with Oregon Department of Human Services is. And when you look at that maturity model, it begins with a baseline of an organization that basically operates very efficiently, serving people in a regulative mode. These are our services. These are what you're receiving. And then as you move up this value curve and this maturity model, you see that there is a collaborative model where we're actually working with other organizations. There is an integrative model where some integration of services occur. And then there is a generative model where really the community begins to get involved in a way that they are determining their own outcomes and successes with the help of state and local government organizations such as Oregon Department of Human Services. And that's why we are basically engaged with APHSA to help us understand through their assessment where we are at and how we can improve and ascend on this value curve to get as close as we can to the generative model. Now, the question really can come up as to why is Oregon Department of Human Services taking this on Um, in a time where we are under the strain of the pandemic. uh, We have all of the issues happening in the country, as you can see, about race and racial equity. We have these natural disasters, which we have experienced some of that most recently in Oregon um, in terms of wildfires and why are we pursuing this work now? Well, I would say that for many years Oregon Department of Human Services has been attempting to reach uh, this model or actually achieve this model that we call basically no wrong door, integrated service delivery, empowering the community to take advantage of their own resources and knowledge and really become partners with Oregon Department of Human Services. That work, although has made some progress, we're still far from where we need to be. And there really is no great time to implement this thing. And I would say that today, in light of all of the changes that we're experiencing, perhaps it's the best time to make sure that as we begin to envision our future, as we begin to emerge from COVID, and with everything that we've learned about uh, remote work, which we've talked about in this podcast, et cetera, This is an opportune time to shape that future in a way that aligns with best practices across the um, 50 states. And Phil and his organization actually have an eye into every single human services organization, what are the best practices, et cetera, so they can really help us with that. You all also know that uh, the organization has gone through many different assessments, has been audited many times, And here is our opportunity to bring all of those things together in a way to compare ourselves with best practices across the nation to see how do we align or not with some of those best practices. And as we begin to shape our future, make sure that what we do and what we put in place is aligned with those best practices. So I want to turn to Phil and ask him to describe to us at a high level how this assessment will be conducted, and how would the deliverables take shape?
1: We're conducting a service equity assessment with DHS and within your communities at large. The scope of that assessment consists of 11 areas that together point the way to value curve progression and service equity. I'll quickly mention them. For those of you who like the details, this assessment is going to include a focus on your goals and measures, your use of the human services value curve, your efforts to make racial equity a central part of who you are and how you do business, the operation of your senior leadership team, that being Farabors and his immediate staff, your efforts at communication internally as well as externally, the power dynamics that you experience as a system, connecting folks at the top, down through the hierarchy and out into the communities and with your partners. The operation of your shared services. I think you're all familiar with that term. Your use of consultants and partners and how you operate with them. The organizational structure that you employ. The well-being and health of your workforce, you know, which is really a driving engine of all of the above. And then finally, the lessons you're drawing from your COVID-19 experience Ensuring that those lessons are fitting your long term strategies and that you don't lose sight of those lessons over time, so that's going to be the scope of the assessment for each of those areas we'll be gathering input in various forms to answer these kinds of questions what's the desired state for DHS and the communities you serve in each of these areas and then what's the current state in comparison and where there are strengths and challenges in that comparison, what are the underlying reasons? And then how might we best address those reasons at the root cause level through improvement or change efforts? And then we'll also be focusing on how best to bridge these findings and recommendations that are made that get accepted to various implementation efforts over time. So that's at a fairly high level and at a fairly concrete level. Uh, what we'll be doing. So the first thing we've done in this project scope, taking the last month or so, is we've established internal groups within DHS to support the assessment. There are times when third parties come in to systems like yours and conduct the assessment, almost like an audit would be conducted. And instead of that, we're engaging sponsors and an analysis and data gathering team, probably Over the next few months, you'll hear these names and you'll recognize them as your colleagues. And we'll be facilitating and working alongside a number of your own staff in conducting this work so that it's more participative and inclusive in nature from the get-go. The assessment period will take about four months. And the emphasis in data gathering will be on diverse voices. Uh, Again, there are times when these assessments are done, And lo and behold, there's not much interaction with community members or with partners along the way. And later on, when it comes time to implement things and generate support for those changes, you feel the loss at that time. So we're definitely going to guard against that. The report of findings and recommendations will include guidance and tools towards effective implementation later on. The project will take us through probably most of the first quarter of next year, but really that's just the starting point for potentially a range of implementation efforts that come from the assessment. So we've built them into the scope of work to ensure that bridge and that traction is good coming out of the assessment itself. We also are mindful of the fact you've done other assessments in the past and that you have a number at DHS, a number of really important initiatives underway currently. So part of the effort of this assessment will be to integrate those efforts and past assessments to reinforce their value and unify these activities with one another as opposed to working across purposes or working in a redundant way in this assessment. As Farabor's mentioned, we're also going to include an external scan of a number of other state agencies with a focus on how they got it done. In other words, if we're in one of these areas of interest that I mentioned, one of these 11, and we're recognizing the likelihood of a change at DHS, we'll focus on that in particular with at least one other state that's had the same insight and moved in the same direction or the same general direction as you intend to move and make sure that we capture as much as we can about their change process to, again, support effective implementation on your behalf. And then finally, we will hopefully be available beyond the end of March for you know, additional conversations and additional support because in order to avoid an assessment like this truly ending when our work is over, we want to ensure that we maintain that relationship with you and provide some informal means of support after a formal project is over.
0: Thank you, Phil, for that explanation. So, as this work gets completed in DHS by Phil and his team from APHSA, and as recommendations begin to form and ultimately are presented to the agency leadership, we'll take those recommendations and we'll compare those with plans that have been already in place and then we'll begin to shape the future of this organization according to those recommendations and naturally with input from the governor's office, the legislature, and all of the input that you already would have expressed during the engagement sessions that Phil talked about. And any of those then would be incorporated into an ask that we may have from the legislature for an upcoming legislative session. Most likely, it will not be the 21-23 session because the agency request budget is already in for that session, but it could be for the following year or the following biennium. Again, the intent here is to align ourselves with best practices across the country make sure that we are operating effective and efficient organization and do all of this with equity at the center of everything that we do thank you phil and i just wanted to reiterate something that phil said about how often organizations do assessments in individual parts and pieces of the agency and rarely a comprehensive assessment of the entire organization. And as we talked before about many studies and audits and et cetera, they generally have been around a single program. And ever since the organization separated from Oregon Health Authority into a different organization, there really has not been a comprehensive overview of the organization. And that's why this is important to be asking Do we have the right structure and services? Are we connecting with our communities in the way that we can best serve their needs? How do the communities see us and how would they like to see us in order to deliver our services in the way that it helps them build their communities again with the equity at the center? as Phil mentioned. With that, I want to thank Phil for taking the time to be with us during this podcast. I want to thank all of you for participating. I know you're all busy and I know that you've all been impacted by these challenging times, whether it's the pandemic or the wildfires that we have been dealing with in Oregon. I hope that you and your families are safe and hope to connect with you again before too long. Take care and be well.
1: Thanks everyone.